you know, you look at those stories of companies that regret not purchasing somebody when they had the opportunity to. And uh, a couple come to mind, you know, we'll talk about Rogan in a second because I think that's a whole other topic. And uh, actually the inspiration for this quick episode. But I think about that meme that flies around, and I hate even referencing a meme, but, you know, that one that says that Blockbuster could have bought Netflix for like 50 million or something, whatever that number was, way back in the day when they passed. And it's like, well, shit, talk about some of the greatest regrets of your life. And, uh, you know, maybe Blockbuster couldn't afford it, or maybe they they didn't understand technology back then or where the future was going to go in five or ten years. You know, it took Netflix a while to get going. It was probably hard to fully comprehend if this was a good investment or they thought they could just do it themselves. Um, But, you know, that that was a wild, wild west of technology times. So who knows... Um, what was a good investment and bad investment? There was a lot of bad investments back then. If you remember the tech bubble, I'm sure there were people that's like, oh, is this worth it? Is this not worth it? Um, or they, they just didn't have, they weren't clairvoyant and they just made a mistake. And another one I think of is McDonald's. If you didn't know this, one of the reasons why Chipotle Grill originally blew up is because they got a large investment from McDonald's. And they, it's when they went from like a handful of stores to like 500 stores is after they got the funding from McDonald's. But one day McDonald's wakes up and say, hey, you know, our own company's struggling. I think they own some other stuff like Boston Market. Don't quote me on that one. But, you know, they had their attention was getting put on some other brands, you know, and Chipotle Grill was one of them. And they thought, well, McDonald's is struggling. It makes the most sense to just go focus on McDonald's. Let's offload these brands. And then uh, we'll get McDonald's back on track. And I get it. It's it's very easy to get distracted. I'm one of those people, if I see someone making too easy of money and I feel like I can do it better, I want to go jump in there and stomp on them and go make some money. But you got you to gotta keep your eye on the prize and you got to stay focused on what's really at your core brand and your core companies. So I can understand why McDonald's did that. What I can't understand is these are supposed to be, you know, some of the smartest people in the room when it comes to like, you know, the food and beverage business, fast food, QSR, it's McDonald's, right? You think they got some of the the brightest. Someone had to have seen that Chipotle Grill was probably something worth hanging on to. And I think I read somewhere that even before this last little mini boom here, when the stock ran up, that McDonald's was lost out on about $50 billion, right, of uh, money since they exited. Probably more than that now. Uh, who knows? Maybe it's 50 maybe it's 60 maybe it's $75 billion. I don't know. Let's just call it $50 billion. They could have had an extra $50 billion of liquid cash floating around right now just by hanging on to that investment. Um, just something to think about. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and you look back and you say, oh, man... Wish I woulda, coulda, shoulda, and uh, 50 billion fifty billion reasons to have a little bit of regret. And there's these stories, but the thing is, like, you know, I'm, as someone that makes investments in uh, startup companies and other companies, um, if, if it was easy to just pick the winners, everyone would just pick the winners, and you just you don't ever know. It's that way even in the music industry I do some work in where... You never know who's going to blow. People blow that you never thought would blow. There's people that you thought were going to blow and they don't 
blow and it's like well you can't ever figure who blows up and doesn't blow up and it's that thought of invest in 10 and one's going to blow up but what they don't tell you is many times you invest in 10 and all 10 lose um that math very rarely works out even for some of the big vc firms um the big vc firms um they, they get a lot of times first crack at the best deals and that gives them a much higher percentage by the time it gets down to someone like me that's an angel investor um it's hard finding really good deals you're better off sometimes just investing in smaller mom and pop type startup businesses that just have good food or a good service and you try to grow them into multi-units versus trying to get on the next technology bandwagon sitting around saying i'm gonna be rich bitch it's a uh, kind of a fallacy now i got well, now i want to go watch some Chappelle. you know watch some Chappelle after this <laughs> Um, anyways, the main inspiration for this is, uh, as another show I do on YouTube with, uh, my co-host Kane and we talk about, uh, that was a while ago we talked about this, but the thought of how did YouTube let Rogan go? Um, and I, I've not even researched it cause I, I care and I don't care, but when he went over to Spotify, it's like, did YouTube try that hard to keep him? Like, he blew up on YouTube, and that's where his following is. That's I don't even listen to him, really, on Spotify. It's usually when his clips show up in my YouTube feed is when I end up listening to Rogan. Like, I don't even subscribe. But if I end up hearing Rogan, it's still on YouTube. It is the, by far the greatest place to still be found in terms of content. So, I was talking to Kane. I'm like, how did YouTube let him go? I mean, it's YouTube. It's Google. They could have thrown Rogan $10, $100 million and not even flinched about it. Like, um, the, the food wouldn't even change at the cafeteria for them to, to go spend $100 million on Rogan. How did they let Rogan go and go to Spotify? Unless they thought maybe let him go to Spotify, maybe he's going to fail at Spotify because Spotify doesn't have the platform and then he'll come back to YouTube. I don't know. But, you know, Kane sends me this article and... Uh, Trying to get the pulled up on my phone right here real quick. But it's, uh, it's on Bloomberg, and it says, YouTube looks to hire its first executive focused on podcasts. And it's like, well, a little late to the game. But now that you see YouTube jumping on the podcast bandwagon, you know, is, is not keeping Rogan the same kind of fuck-up of that it was for Blockbuster not to buy Netflix or for... Um, mcdonald's laying off that chipotle investment so early it's you should have kept rogan or less maybe they thought rogan peaked or he wasn't of value to them maybe this wasn't worth 100 million but it's like you know i kind of felt like howard stern was that big i didn't even really listen to howard um but he was that like you know radio monster and it's like well who's going to replace him and it seems like you know rogan was stepping up but in that podcast type of format and a lot of times, you don't even really care what Rogan's saying. It's his guests. It's what it comes down to. Um, where I think with Howard Stern, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't really, I never really listened to him much, but you somewhat cared what Howard Stern had to say, or he added a certain amount of color to the conversation, um, and then you had the, the guests or whatnot. Where you know Rogan occasionally has his own insights and his beliefs and ideals and whatnot, but it's usually he's got some really interesting guests, right? He's bringing on scientists and Elon Musk and he's like you know MMA people. His his guests kind of make the show, right? Um, not so much him. So it's like, all right, where's the value there? And then you got 
you know, Howard Stern's on his way out. Rogan is big, but I don't know if he fills the Howard Stern gap. Local radio hosts seem to suck anymore. Who's that next big radio person? Um, to be honest, what I listen to if I'm in the car in the morning, I listen to Sway in the morning on Shade 45. And I could see where, you know, listening to him, I think he would be someone that would be really great to kind of move up those ranks into a bigger, um, whether it's a podcast platform or a larger, more syndicate. Maybe he does. I don't know. I don't know. Go look. Does he have a massive syndicated platform like Howard Stern does? You know, he's one person that I, I do listen to on a regular basis because I like the Shade 4 or 5 channel, I like the music, and uh, I like, you know, weekdays. I catch Sway, you catch Who Kid on the weekend. Who Kid, who kid saves every weekend? You just turn Shade 4 or 5 on, you catch a, a, a Who Kid mix while you're driving, the whole weekend saved. But, you know, there's not many people I can think of that are going to, like, jump into this space and be, like, these massive podcast hosts or uh, the next big radio host. Like, back to, you know, they say Howard saved XM Radio at the end of the day. It's like, well, when he's gone, who's next? In fact, I don't even know anyone that even listens to Howard Stern anymore. So, um, I mean, obviously, you got Sway's on Shade 4 or 5, so he's already technically on um, XM. But is he someone that could, you know, start carrying his own whole show? I don't know. Um, maybe he already is doing it. I need to dig in more. I just enjoyed catching him on the weekdays. So... But looking at, you know, YouTube getting into the podcast, like you saw Spotify, they, they went all in on the podcast because who knows if the music thing is sustainable at the end of the day. It's going to be hard to compete with like iTunes and that type of stuff. Um, and who knows where technology is going to go and where record labels go on the independent artists. Like that's a wishy-washy market. Now, podcasting, people are pretty into that, um, you know, with video or without video, it's... The podcast market's huge. You're starting to get these independent views. You're not so kind of stuck on something coming from corporate. It's, you know, less filtered. It's more real at the end of the day. Um, and I want to say I've read somewhere, you know, from a podcaster standpoint, um, you're looking at 15 to $18 per thousand. So 15 to $18 CPM um, for a thousand downloads of a podcast, which is pretty good CPM at the end of the day. Um, I had one podcast, like a two podcasts that does okay. This business one's starting to take off. I took a year off because of COVID. Um, my other show, Lyrically Provoked, that one blew up in 2020. Um, we had 180 countries. That thing went wild, way bigger than I ever thought it would that fast. Um, and unfortunately, I, I took a year off because of COVID and I didn't have a studio to go to. And I'm kind of like trying to hide out and, and not die. But I got a brand new studio. Got a whole studio space here. If you catch me on Instagram at jamesphillip313, I'll post a video of it pretty soon here where we do uh, my shows and then some music production out of here. So I'm back at it trying to get these two shows moving. But, uh, you know, I think even my own angle, I started thinking of, you know, I started doing the podcast for enjoyment, but could I ever get a podcast or one of my, you know, YouTube shows, you know, big enough to get a backing by Spotify or a backing by YouTube or something, get it on XM or a syndication. Like that's a pretty cool goal. And there's so much out there that, you know, I'll probably never get there, but having some success in it has made me want to do it more. I could see where people do enjoy it. So I want to put more effort into it, work on more production value and all that type of stuff. But you just see where podcast is going and you saw the YouTube news and it's like, man, you're kind of late to the game. 
better late than never. They still got the, one of the largest platforms in the world, right? Probably the largest platform in the world for long format content. I think TikTok actually outdoes them for uh, amount of um, um, for the amount of minutes watched. I think TikTok beats YouTube, but it's still that's not a great platform for uh, long format content. And it's I don't know if it's the right platform for any kind of serious content. At the end of the day. You go to YouTube if you're looking for a how-to video, if you're looking for a cool, like, you know, YouTube series or uh, individual series by a creator, something insightful. Um, YouTube's still the place that they get discovered, especially for long-format content. So knowing that YouTube's jumping in the mix, they're kind of telling you where their emphasis is. So curious to see more and more where this takes things. Do more people start getting signed? Do uh, Does, like, YouTube and Spotify start you know, bringing these shows on and uh, putting them underneath the umbrella of YouTube or Spotify, kind of, you know, making them in-house podcasts at the end of the day. We shall see, but to see YouTube do that and knowing that you had Rogan and you had the following and you had the backing, you just should have floated Rogan the money and you should have just locked it down for yourself because that's one of the things that really gave Spotify the big bump. To me, it's uh, not even the music. It was, Rogan was a big play for them. And even from a defensive move, if YouTube would have just locked Rogan down, that just would have prevented Spotify from having the number one podcast host in the year. Would that have been worth of a hundred? Would that alone been worth a hundred million dollars to not let your competitor um, get that opportunity? And that's something you got to think about on, uh, from a defensive strategy in business. Is it even about making money at that point, or is it just about making sure that your competitor doesn't get it? Um, that's something you got to quant out. And you got to figure out, it sounds like YouTube doesn't care or they were just too busy doing other things to worry about it. But I just wonder now that they're really starting to focus on podcasts, do they they wish they would have had Rogan locked down? Um, That I don't know. Anyways, make sure to check out my other podcast, Lyrically Lyrically Provoked. If you look me up on uh, YouTube, look up James Phillip. Um, Got a couple different shows on there talking about business. There's one Kane and I do uh, talk a lot of business and life stuff. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at jamesphillip313. Um, something business-related, send me a, an article that you want me to discuss, whether it's a brand or a strategy or a startup or something. Anything business-related, send me an article link, and I'll, uh, I'll try to get you featured on the show and talk about it. But until then, I'm going to catch you on the next one.